the default of democracy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Default of Democracy podcast. I'd like to start off this week by congratulating Christian on graduating from the University of Houston. He has earned his BS degree in political science and is a full-fledged graduate. So congratulations, Christian. We're really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It was a long time coming, but I finally made it, and I'm looking forward to going to law school soon. Oh my goodness, another lawyer. <laughs> so while we were wrapping up the end of our semesters and getting Christian out of school, so much has been happening in politics. Particularly, we wanted to touch on the debt ceiling and the politics around that in Washington right now, where you have uh, the Republican-dominated House with their slim margin trying to influence the president to change legislation. But what we have to kind of pause and think about is they approved the budget that created this debt ceiling that caused it to go over budget in the first place. And Congress approved that. So now that the bill is coming due, they're trying to backtrack and say, no, you can't have the money to pay the bills. So we need to see this move forward or we're going to create economic havoc in America. So Christian, what are your thoughts? Well, Nancy, I don't know where you've been these past couple of months and these <laughs> years, but it's been economic just horror for all my my people just working every day, trying to make it. Um, The Fed has continuously raised interest rates out through the roof. And I think the, the Republicans, they're just trying to make, you know, the Biden's election is his reelection is coming up next year. So he's they're trying to make him look bad. Just give him, you know, so they're trying to hold the Democrats um, hostage and Try, trying to hold us hostage. And what can we as citizens do to have any influence on this instead of act like it's just happening to us? I think, Nancy, that um, we as citizens, we have to lobby our um, local politicians, uh, re state representatives, senators, um, even write to Greg Abbott and <laughs> see what he can do. He probably can't do nothing, but we'll see what you just got to lobby your local politicians, those that represent you, especially um, those members of, yeah, members of Congress. So you have to get your word out there and let them know, you know, we're already hurt and we're already suffering. Um, just a few months ago, you know, gas was at a historic high. Like people couldn't even afford to drive their cars. Um, groceries are at an all time high. Um, interest rates on homes. Um, school is so expensive. Cars. Everything is so expensive. So for us to just constantly keep going through this hardship and you don't know if there's going to be a lockout, you don't know what's going to happen in the market, you have no idea what's going to happen, just period. And it's scary to see us, you know, just normal consumers and normal work, everyday workers, and we're just trying to make it, you know, every day, you know, just scratching by. I'd sure wish somebody would raise my debt limit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Because, you know, that's, that's, they can just spend and spend and now they're facing the bills. 
and they're no different from us, but we have to pay our bills. Nobody's going to help us out here. With interest. With the interest, which has gone up and up. So if you have credit card debt, you know what we're talking about. So I think, you know, one of our main goals here at the default of democracy is to encourage you to engage. And you need to contact your members of Congress and say, quit behaving like bad children and fix this issue. Right? Yes. Well, let's move on to one of our favorite topics this spring, which has been the Texas legislature. Mm -hmm. Well, they've been busy the last few weeks as they come to the end of the session. They've been busy on, on values issues. Yes. Like banning trans care for youth, like uh, banning books, messing with tenure at universities. Um, they did not pass a bill that would have raised owning AR-15, yes. automated weapons from 18 to 21, but they did at least have a committee hearing on it. Meanwhile, they haven't passed a state budget. They haven't. They haven't. Uh, Give them some more credit, Nancy. They're working <laughs> on it. They haven't fixed the grid. <laughs> they haven't done several of the other things. So, you know, one thing I was watching Governor DeSantis of Florida wrap up and highlight his values legislation that he passed in Florida. And it almost seems like a contest between Texas and Florida to see who can be the most aggressive in values-based yeah. legislation. I think it's like a race on who can be the most conservative on uh, values. And even with the, even Texas passed a few, like um, trying to get rid of drag shows because, um, we're just trying to be the most conservative state as possible. We're just following in Florida's footsteps. It's, I don't know what's going to go, uh, what's going to happen going forward. Only thing I can pray is that Texas just is able to stay on topic and do the things that's actually going to help everyone, not just targeting specific communities. We need to do things that's going to improve every Texan's life. Because getting banning books and banning critical race theory, like that's not really going to do anything to improve, you know, budgeting. It's not going to improve property taxes. It's not going to lower my rent. It's not going to reduce gas prices. It's not going to help out anything. So I think the Texas legislature, they just got to stay focused on what's actually important. And, you know, everyday people like me and you, we're just our pockets are hurting and. Can't even pay our medical bills, can't afford school, can't afford anything. It's hard. Just fix it. <laughs> but you wanted to talk about the other big announcement we're expecting from DeSantis any day. We're waiting and listening, and we're hearing through the grapevines of Ron DeSantis potentially running for the president of the United States. And that's going to be real interesting, considering that Donald Trump is also going to run for president of the United States. So those two together, it's going to be a very interesting presidential election. Yeah, DeSantis is almost a younger version of Trump, but a little better mannered, maybe. I'm not sure. I don't really know enough about him. But Trump is spending a fortune on ads, on campaign ads, this early in the year, which is very unusual. 
I think Trump is trying his best to try to just win the people over. He knows that he still has a little pull um, with the people's. And still, he still has some friends in the legislature. Um, you just, he knows that he, he might have a little chance of, of coming back. So he's, not, I feel like he's not going to back down, especially with, um, Biden's low approval rating and everything that's going on with the Democrats right now. I think that a lot of people are fed up. So Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump do have a good chance, um, coming in 2024. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. But before we get there in Houston, Texas, we have our own elections. Uh, we have elections this November. It's been really quiet on the city campaign front over the last few uh, weeks. I've been a little surprised. Maybe they were all like us, wrapping up the end of school, yes. Christian. But uh, one thing I am observed recently i was really studying the candidates for at large city council you may know that we have six term limited council members three of those are from districts and three of those are at large and what i noticed in the at large races is that there's at least one african-american at least one hispanic and at least one white candidate in each race. There are a few others scattered in there, but what I was wondering is if that's going to create slates in this election. Like we typically don't see that in Houston elections. No. So I was wondering what you think about that. Will we see the black community put a slate forward that says, vote for Sheila Jackson Lee, vote for Chris Hollins for controller, and vote for these three candidates in the at-large races. And I think we may see the same thing from the Hispanic side yeah. and and even uh, white organizations. I think what we usually see during, I think we need to get closer to um, like actually election time, probably um, October, November-ish to see if any slates are going to be made specifically towards um, the black community with Sheila Jackson Lee. I know that um, we always come out to support her and everything that she does. Um, for the Hispanics, I think they, um, there's such a large um, voting population in Texas, especially that, you know, they might even have their own, uh, you know, they have their own agenda. But like I said, Texas, especially Houston itself is one of the most diverse cities in the country. So, we have no idea, Nancy, what's going to happen. I believe there is going to be a few slates. You know, it's going to be a couple. There's a few outliers out there. Um, we also have a lot of women, surprisingly. I, I would feel safe today in May of 2023 with the election in November and saying that I think the female majority on city council will only increase yes. at, after this election. There's no question. But I do think, you know, it's, it's kind of fun looking at these city races to realize that they do reflect the diversity of the city. Yes. But then the question becomes, will we reunite comfortably if we become very divisive in this election? Especially in like the past like 10 years or so, like you can see how diverse the political climate has changed, especially in Texas. You've been seeing a lot of um, just black people running for election, um, Hispanics, women, and even Nancy, like in during your time when you were just coming up in the political landscape, there wasn't 
there's very few African American, but any no women at all. Um, just old white men, but we're starting to see now that's kind of changing. And I think that I don't think it's a bad thing for there to be diversity. Even like we've talked about, you know, schools and you know all that. Like I don't think diversity is a bad thing. I think it is who is the best person to hire for the job. It's even like um how we got Mayor Sylvester now. Like everyone has their opinions on Mr. Sylvester, but um. You know, he did what he could in his time. A lot of people felt negatively and said that he didn't do a lot. I think he did the best he could with what he had. Oh, I think I think we're going to have to dedicate a whole show to his <laughs> term as mayor because... He was a crisis mayor. A crisis mayor. That's exactly right. And I will tell you, I've been to like three events in the last month where he's been honored and people recognize the challenges he faced in his term. But, you know, we need to trust our next mayor to lead us in the same way. And, and I'm just a little concerned about the potential in these upcoming city races uh, of, of race becoming more of a factor. So I hope that you voters will start studying the candidates and will be focused on, you know, who are the right people to address the city's upcoming issues, which we always need more money, more money, more money. Fix the potholes. Fix the potholes and, you know, all of the things. And meanwhile, just one last thing before we wrap up for this week. Tonight... Uh, the HISD school board will hold its last meeting before the takeover. Oh, wow. So the takeover, we should learn who the new superintendent will be. Speaking of diversity, we've addressed this issue several times on our podcast, but just a reminder that that takeover is occurring uh, June 1st. Is race important when it comes to politics? Um, Me personally, as a political science major, I do think that, you know, people want to see themselves represented. It's even like what we've seen with Obama. People seeing, oh, oh, we're going to have a black man as president. So that motivated them to go out and vote. I think she actually will get a lot of the black voters. Is it extremely important? No, not really. You got to see, you know, their platform. You got to see how they have their experience in the legislator. What have they done in their communities? You got to see how their policies have affected the communities. There's a lot of things that they have to address. You know, we got to hold them accountable. We can't just be like, oh, we're going to vote for them because they're black. So they think like me. Every person is completely different. Just because a person's black, a woman, Hispanic, they're not going to have the same exact values as you and your family. So you got to do your research, do your due diligence. I don't think you should simply just vote for someone because, oh, they look like me. So they're going to think like me because that's completely false and like i said texas is very diverse you have very conservative republican african americans very conservative republican hispanics very conservative women that vote against um you know yeah typical women's issues and it's i think it's just you you gotta put forth the effort in order to just see who the best candidate for you and your family would be. And you have to do your due diligence and see how they represent you. And just to, again, to wrap up this week, I want to say that, you know, city elections are the closest to home. 
These are the people that make sure your water comes out of your faucets or your showers in the morning and that you can make coffee. These are the people that, you know, are deal with the streets you drive on. You don't like it. Get in there and find candidates you think are going to make a difference. The city elections are well underway, even though it's kind of quiet right now. So the Houston Chronicle has a database where you can access all the candidates and their contact information. So start doing your homework because we're going to hound on you to vote this year. Oh, we will. Please, please, please vote. <laughs> I've been voting in every single election, primaries, general Every single election that I could vote in, I voted in because it is my right as a citizen to vote. My grandparents weren't able to vote, so I'm going to vote for them. And you just got to just go out there, make your voice heard, because if you don't, you're just going to be complaining and saying, oh, nothing's being done. So at least if you know as you voted, you can say, I tried. I tried. And not just vote, but go ahead and learn about these candidates. Figure out who you like and get involved with them. So that's it for Default of Democracy this week. We look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and catch Default of Democracy every other week at defaultofdemocracy.com or wherever you get your podcasts.